This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Folks, very excited about today's podcast. We're doing something we have not done before a crossover event. Here is part of the Bet Rivers Network. It's Dan McNeil from the Danny Mac Podcast as the Browns play the Bears this week. Big game this Sunday. Danny Mac, how are you? Thanks for joining me. Adam, my pleasure. Uh, this is not going to be one of those old school trash talk city to city bits because I have zero faith in Matt Eberflus's Bears this weekend. So I promise not to make fun of Kevin Stefanski and the Browns today. Should be a fun game Sunday, I think. It should be. I was saying uh, last night, because I was out and about a little bit, which I rarely do at night, but last night we had a little uh, TV show event, and um, I was saying how the Bears, like, I thought the Bears would be terrible this year. They're not terrible. They're competitive, right? I, but I'm, I'm curious. I want to start with this, because we, on our show yesterday, were talking about Justin Fields, and will the Bears move forward with him? So my my first question to you is, will they and should they move forward with Justin Fields, especially because they're probably going to have the first pick in the draft from Carolina? They are. And I I don't have any insight as to what Ryan Poles, the GM, and Matt Eberflus want to do. Right. But my suspicion is they are going to give him the rest of this season to prove his value to the team. Now, maybe they've already made up their mind. Maybe they cannot pass up on uh, King Caleb uh, I, I, I don't know, but it seems like Bears fans have done a 180 and, and what they what they want and what they get may be two completely different th- things. But Matt Eberflus and Fields seem to have been given a, a longer leash based on the Bears recovery after a dreadful 0-4 start. I still submit, Adam, they haven't beaten anybody. They beat the Vikings without scoring a touchdown and they beat a Lions right. team that is starting to really doubt itself. But If you want to measure success and growth by victories over Brian Hoyer when the Raiders were checked out under Josh McDaniels and a win at at Washington on a Thursday night, you know, six, eight weeks ago, have at it. You know, I'll tell you something. I'll tell you something that Browns fans and Bears fans have certainly have in common. They've both been searching for a quarterback forever. I mean, the two these are two franchises that just have not been able to solidify that position really in forever Uh, for the bears. I'd say it's been even longer, you know, because at least Bernie Kosar was here for a while, but obviously the bears have had more success as a team, including that great championship team with that great defense. But uh, it's been a struggle for both of these franchises finding a quarterback. Hey, 1980, Brian Sipe was the NFL's MVP. Uh, I was a huge fan of Sipe. That's that's good old number 17. That's 80. That's when Reagan was president. (laughs) I mean, the Bears, you have to go back way, way further in franchise history to stumble across the names of Sid Luckman and some others. Yeah, it's been terrible here. And uh, I I feel a a, a tremendous sympathy and some empathy for Browns fans. I think it's the most most tortured city in the NFL. 
not only have they not seen a game with Roman numerals on it, Adam, as you know, they had to, they lost their franchise for five years when Art Modell moved him to Baltimore. And this is a city that loves its football and remains loyal to it and has deserved decidedly better than it's received. Yes, thank you. And the fans, I'm sure, here will appreciate that. That was, I mean, even as, you know, not being in Cleveland at the time yet, I, I remember because I grew up, you know, just, I couldn't believe that the Browns were stolen, and that's really what happened. Now, fortunately, the city, unlike most other circumstances, fought to keep the name and fought to keep the the history of the franchise. The Ravens were unable to take that. But, yes, Cleveland is a city that should have never lost a team, and it was Art Modell's uh, inability to uh, do anything smart with money that that led to that situation. It, it, it was obviously a, a total disgrace. Uh, by the way, before we continue on this matchup, I got to get to this. So every week here at Bet Rivers, we do NFL picks. And we have some battle here going to the end of the year. I mean, between, I think, you, me, Mike Francesa, Jimmy Ott, and who am I? Oh, and Miss Anelli. I think we're all within two games with just a few weeks to go. This yeah, is an the real competition here. It is because uh, I I don't know what first place receives. I didn't get that <laughs> email from Mister Delavit, but uh, you know, how does Mark Schlereth get four bye weeks? By the way, that's what I'd love to know. I, mean, yeah, I don't he, know what happened there. Yeah, I think he was off the, <laughs> off the grid for a little while. But yeah, yeah. you started white heat red hot. I and, know, and I had to come out and say, you know what, the gambling gods. There's no way this cat goes eighty percent the season you were so i started fading your yeah. ass and i had to as a result yes yeah because i what's funny yeah i i was i think i had like a seven game lead at one point and then i went I, uh, two weeks in a row where i went one and nine i just completely shit the bed and and uh i bounced back here i think i'm three and two each of the last two weeks but uh I, this is going to come down to the wire i was told that it's good that the first weekend of the playoffs would be the end of the competition that would be the last week so that means we got so this is week, uh, what, 15? So we got uh, five more weeks of picks for bragging rights. Well, I, I, you know, when I sent them today for week 15, I, I, I did so with zero confidence on all five of the plays. It is such mm. a coin flip year. Oh, my God. And you, you can say, well, they all are. And, you know, plausible arguments can be made. That's true. But this year, more than any other, there are just – there are very few teams you can trust, and I, I'm not of the mindset to lay 12 and a half points every week with San Francisco. They're the only trustworthy team in the league right now. Maybe Baltimore, although I think that's a house of cards waiting to come down. I don't know who's coming out of the AFC, but whoever it is, Adam, I just love San Francisco right now at plus 250 to win the Super Bowl is the best play of the weekend. It's hard because right now you're right. Nobody looks anywhere close. The only two teams that are playing close to as well are teams you don't trust in the playoffs in Baltimore and Dallas, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, those are the second and third best teams right now, but who the heck trusts either of those teams in the playoffs? Yeah, I'm not there yet with the Cowboys, even though they've got about, what, six or seven weeks of reeling off really good games now, and Prescott has made a believer out of me. I, I, I think he's going to wind up winning the MVP and uh, Hill had a puncher's chance, but gets hurt this past weekend. And I, I just challenge anybody to tell me who's who's affected games more than Tyreek Hill this year. But they don't give that award to a to a receiver. 
or a running back anymore. It's got to be a quarterback, which is unfortunate because quarterbacks get way too much in fantasy football and they get way too much hardware after the regular season. (laughs) How many fantasy football leagues you in, Dan? I only part. I'm a monogamous guy. Uh, okay, you know, at 62, I can't play the field yeah. anymore. I've only been a. I, I've always been a one, a one league man, and uh, yeah. I'm absolutely dreadful this year. I've been, you know, so many guys can relate to this too. In this era of split backfields, when you yeah. get a guy who touches the ball 22, 25 times every weekend, like Isaiah Pacheco. And yeah. they just don't get the touchdowns to back it up. They are affecting games way more than these guys who pass for 300 yards, three touchdowns, and two picks and score way more. I'm, yeah. I'm fed up. I'm wanting an off-season meeting with the competition committee. In Let's my go. League. Yeah, they got to get, get this figured, figured out. Yeah, I love taking um, – I, I, I get Joe Mixon often as my second running back because I'm like, I know he's going to get a ton of carries, even if he's not averaging that many yards per carry. I know he's going to get a ton of carries. Anyway, let, let's get to the game here a little bit. Uh, the game is in Cleveland. The Browns are a three-point favorite as of this morning at Bet Rivers. I'm, I, I Listen, the Browns have had an insane amount of injuries. They have the second most players on IR. Only the Texans have more. They have the most money on IR. This week alone, uh, on the defensive line, they've got a, uh, Jordan Elliott has a concussion. Agbo Okoronkwo has a torn peck. He's expected to go on IR. They've lost one of their starting defensive tackles, Maurice Hurst, for the year. Both of their starting offensive tackles have just been ruled out for the season. Their starting center hasn't practiced this week. He's got a stinger. Their safeties are both banged up. One uh, Grant Delpit goes on the IR yesterday. And all three running backs were either limited or missing practice yesterday. And despite all that, I actually think the Browns should be a bigger than a three-point favorite because I love the way Joe Flacco's playing. <laughs> yeah, Flacco is yeah. not going to get you beat. He's done a really nice job. And uh, why in the world he wasn't commissioned to back up Aaron Rodgers this year, I don't know. But to Cleveland's credit, they get him on board, and he has settled them down a little bit. Those are a ton of injuries, but oh, as long as crazy. 95 is standing, I like Cleveland's chances to win this game. I think – it, it's a pleasure to watch this cat, Miles Garrett, go out and get off the snap every week like I do. I love to isolate on the best pass rushers in the game. And he he very quietly, I, at least outside of Cleveland, very yeah. quietly is is setting a new standard for pass rushers historically. He's He's got the most sacks by his 28th birthday of any any player in league history, and he's adding to that each and every week. He got fields four and a half times in Justin's first start against the Browns yep. three years ago. <laughs> I think the Bears passed for one net yard that day. They had six first downs. They've yeah. been very reluctant to talk about it, but I love Miles Garrett, and I think oh. uh, and Grant Delpit's a huge loss. I loved I loved him in college. You know. Yep. Love Denzel Ward, but you're right. They are depleted. That said, the Bears have DJ Moore limping around this week. He's the best player on their offense, and uh, if he's not 100%, it could be a real tough day for their offense, and I expect them to struggle in protection enormously. Yeah, I, I know the, uh, the Bears have been better, obviously, against the run. They've been better. You know, I was I was critical of the Bears when they traded for Montez Sweat only because I was, I was like, couldn't you just sign him in the offseason? Obviously, he's made an impact. Did you like the trade? Or did you think that was a move they should have not given up assets for and waited 
and made him a big offer in the offseason. Liked the trade, didn't love it. I'm still wondering if he is a number one. Because uh, some guys, when they have to play alpha, it's a little bit different when they were sidekicking and Chase Young wasn't yeah. available very often. Uh, to be, you know, his his Robin to the Batman that, that was Montez Sweat. It's a ton of money for a guy who's, you know, he's turned it on lately, but he had a slow start. And I'm listening to Bears fans yeah. talk about pressures. Oh, he got eight pressures. Pressures. <laughs> when you're talking about $20 million a year, $25 million, you got to get yeah. the guy's ass on the ground while he has the football. Don't tell me about yeah. pressures and quarterback hits. You have to affect games. He's done that in recent weeks. And you look at the great defensive teams that struggle on offense, like Pittsburgh, like Cleveland most of the time. If you don't get that one or two sacks slash forced fumbles in a game, your team's chances of winning are precipitously reduced. And that's how the Bears have to win. So you're going to have to get yeah. Montez Sweat involved. You know, it's funny you mentioned Miles Garrett. I'll, I'll never forget when he was a rookie here, we were at training camp, and he walks out with no shirt for his first practice. And I said, oh, my God, this is the most, this is the most perfect physical specimen human being I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he has muscles upon muscles. It is crazy. It, it really is ridiculous. And what's amazing about the numbers you mentioned before, is that until this year, he has good talent around him this year. He's he he is not he's played with terrible talent around him for the most part until this year. The he got double teamed. I'm not I don't have the number the updated numbers now, but he's been double teamed in his career more than any other player in the NFL. You know, people would always say this guy's better and that guy's better. I'm like, well, that guy's got better teammates. That that makes a difference. This guy's getting 15 sacks a year with with when the last year the Browns' second leading sacker had I think two or three sacks. I mean, you know, it's crazy. <laughs> the Bears D-line last year didn't get to double digits as as, as a D-line. That that's Man, where that's they amazing. wound up. Yeah, I I'm a huge Garrett fan and uh yeah, he is he's built the part and I I know I've wondered if part of the reason he doesn't get national media behind him, not only are the Browns not front and center nationally, I wonder if there's still a little bit of a hangover for his egregious act with the helmet sling against Mason Rudolph for the Steelers a few years ago, if he's still in the minds. Just a guess here, because I root. Micah yeah. Parsons is not the same player Miles Garrett is. Parsons is a great player. Garrett's a better player. Garrett's the yeah, best defender is. in the NFL, man. And uh, people he gets the Cowboys hype, though. You know, he yeah. gets that Cowboys overhype. They get yeah. overhyped. Adam, I got a question yeah. for you regarding yeah. the Jonah Hill of the Cleveland Browns, Paul D. Podesta. <laughs> When when he was hired, and for those of you who don't get the reference, Moneyball, yeah. uh, that's Jonah Hill's character, and yeah. uh, Paul D. Podesta gets to run the Browns, and Kevin Stefanski is hired as the head coach four years ago with the understanding that he has to submit game plan to the analytics department. How has that worked out behind the scenes? Is it all peaceful with actual football people dealing with pencil pushers? <laughs> it. Uh, I'll tell you what. Um... It's a funny thing because people often ask me, what does Paul DePodesta do on a daily basis? And I'm like, I'm not really sure. He never talks to the media or he hasn't in years. So we're not sure what he's doing. I will say that DePodesta, Andrew Berry, the GM, and Kevin Stefanski, the coach, are, are all cut from similar cloths. I, I do believe that. I think Kevin Stefanski, and, and I am someone who believes 
there, you know, we got the analytics crowd and we've got the football crowd. Same thing in baseball, right? I'm someone who believes that the best teams use a combination of gut and, and information. I, I think you can't just go by on the numbers and I think you shouldn't just go based on gut solely. I think having the combination of two works I think when you, if you're going to have Paul D. Podesta, if you're going to try it that way, you've got to have a coach and GM who at least think it's got to be 50 50. And you can't have a coach that's going to ignore it. And what's the point of having that combination? It's not going to work. So I think that they are on the same page for the most part. The problem is the owner sometimes just does whatever the hell he wants. The, the, the Browns don't have a good owner. He's being investigated by the FBI for the second time in, in a decade. Uh, and, and he's a meddler. And and a meddling owner, you know. I mean, it's just it's a pain in the ass. So we laugh about Paul D. Podesta because what else are we going to do? I mean, he's here all the time. I think the GM, Andrew Berry, the coach, Kevin Stefanski, have have more uh, – power and freedom than they than they had initially and i think that's a good thing okay i'm just you know i've been curious to see how that was going to shake out and with analytics i just think with football it's it's not numbers are not as conducive to crunching with football as they are in baseball baseball you have a pitcher versus a hitter it's one-on-one football when you're trying to get 18 inches and you decide you're going to go for it on fourth down. The fact that the league is hitting on 60% of those yeah. fourth down attempts, they convert them, doesn't mean that you're all six of your guys are going to get their pad level down. It, it has nothing to do with it. It's it's like a roulette wheel spin, you know, each, each yeah. wheel independent of the last. So I'm not a huge fan of it. But I agree with you. You have to look at it. Yeah. But you got to go based on feel of a game. And the feel of this I, game I, Sunday for this is me. Browns 23, Bears 12. 23-12, I had it as 24-17, giving the Bears a, a little more uh, offense. But, uh, yeah, I think in the end, the Browns, if you look at the, the defensive numbers for the Browns in terms of what they've given up points-wise, home versus road, the splits are kind of ridiculous. They are lights out at home, and they've been mediocre on the road for whatever reason. I think some of it is because the road games have come recently against better offenses. But uh, at home, they've been lights out. The crowd's been really into it and crazy. So yeah, I think it's I, I think in the end it's gonna be a tough day for the Bears. But but the one thing I that can save the Bears is that the Browns have struggled a bit with quarterbacks that can run. You know, Lamar Jackson has has run well against them. Uh Gardner Minshew, Browns ended up winning that game, and he's not a runner like Fields and Lamar, but he used his legs to keep them in that game. So I, I if Justin Fields has a big a huge game on the ground, I think the Bears have a chance to stay in it, but I, would, do you think DJ Moore is going to play? I think he will. He was limited in practice Thursday. He's uh, he's likely to go, and uh, I, I don't know how effective he. Look, he he was targeted ten times in the second half alone the other right. day. He's he's made a huge difference, and finally, Bears fans have some hope that names like Johnny Morris, uh, the team's all-time leading receiver, who played in the yeah. leather chin strap era. Uh, his name will fall off their charts. And Mike Ditka yeah. I think, is still a top five receiver. So DJ Moore's got it. Yeah, he's going to change that for the Bears. But you're right. Fields is most effective yeah. when he's on the move, and I expect him to have a decent day. But I think Cleveland is just too much. I just can't decide yeah. if the 12 comes by way of a touchdown, a field goal, and a safety, or if the yeah. Bears are going to muscle out four Cairo Santos field goals and beat the <laughs> and compete like they did against the Vikings in a 12-10 win. 
Yeah. Well, there's been some ugly games involving the Vikings lately. Danny Mac, this has been a lot of fun, man. I'll talk to you again soon. You got it, Adam. Thank you. Keep rocking it in Cleveland. And everybody check out Danny Mac's podcast, of course, part of the Bet Rivers Network. Thanks, Danny. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.